You are listening to Oliver Dixon on the Station of the Year. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really, really do appreciate it. Pay the grants. You've heard of them, right? They have been at the forefront in advocacy around uh, the payment of the Social Relief of Distress Grant and other related uh, relief grants. Uh, They, alongside the Institute of Economic Justice, have decided to take uh, to court the Department of Social Development on the issuance and payments of grants and the exclusion of certain people from it. The Department of Social Development had continuously told us that what is applied is the means test. That is to say that just because you're unemployed formally does not mean that automatically means that you qualify for the grant. You may have been able to receive other forms of income, and that is what disqualifies you from receiving the social receiving the social relief of distress grant. Albeit, there was concessions on part of the South African Social uh, Security Agency, as well as the Department of Social Development, that the administrative burden of the grants has meant that some grants were delayed, some were not paid at all, uh, and that they had to figure it out first before they get they got into a rhythm of actually paying out these grants. And there's always been the uncertainty whether or not the grants would be continued or not, whether they would come to an end. And several times they have now been extended uh, by cabinet. Um, and not indefinitely, there are always seemingly deadlines. But so far, it has been continuously extended. And each time, it seems like certain people had to either reapply or lost out in the extension periods of these. These are some of the stories we've heard from people pertaining to the, uh, the social relief, uh, social distress relief of distress grant, the 350 rand grant. Elizabeth Reiters, who is the deputy chairperson of Pay the Grants, one of the applicants in this matter, now joins us. Elizabeth, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really do appreciate it. Take us right to the heart of your court papers. What are you arguing there? Okay. Good evening, Oliver. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Elizabeth. Go right ahead. Okay, Oliver, the issue here is mainly the unfair declines. Unfortunately, Sasa does admit that uh, not everyone qualifies for the 350 grant due to means income source, but it's actually not true. Uh, what's happening here is like beneficiaries that receive their CSG into the, their bank accounts, they get declined for means income source. Sasa is not checking where the money coming from. Second of all, if your neighbor wants to use your bank account, maybe, just maybe a daughter or son wants to send the money, and yeah. then you get declined, declined for means income source. That's not the income. It's not your money. Yeah. And so, and so what then is the remedy for that, uh, uh, Elizabeth? I think Sasa should be fair and not just looking at the income that comes into the bank account, like how they're doing at the moment but actually look at where the money is coming from or, from or what the funds is for. Because not all income is a total different issue. Income means you're earning a salary or yeah. you've done a peace job for it. But if you haven't done any of those two, how can they say it's income? Because yeah. even if a family member helps you, it is not income because yeah. it's not a, st- a stable thing. For, for, for that to be then done fairly... The, the it seems to me at least mechanistically the requirement would be that sasa performs an audit of some of those accounts right that is to say 
If you've been rejected because other sources of income has been spotted flowing into your account, that you should appear before SASA or whatever the case may be, and you need to just explain and say, hey, this is not the case, and they would need to then verify uh, that it's not the case. If it's, for instance, a neighbor asking you to help them uh, facilitate a transaction, they might have to call your neighbor to get uh, proof of that. What I'm saying, Elizabeth, is that that means that Many audits would have to be done and verification of that audits, potentially for millions of South Africans. That makes the issuance and the processing of the grants a more laborious and expensive exercise uh, for, for, for SASA. And that's certainly a concern that they will raise. How would you respond to that uh, concern? Oliver, already the means test is brutal. Already the yeah. means test is unacceptable because how social development would ask someone to survive on a mere 350 rand a month is very, very inconsiderate. What can you buy in today's uh, day with the 350 rand? Maybe food for two days? And what yeah. about the rest of the month? So for them to have this means test and being that it's 624 rand and yet the grant is 350. But when you take the CSG grant, you have also a means test with a threshold, but the threshold is 5,000 rand, yeah. and the grant is 500 rand. So look at the difference it already tells you. Yeah. No, so no, the I, threshold I... needs to then fall away because I think it's totally unacceptable that social development expect people to live on 350 rand. Right. And so in the absence of the threshold, what does that what does that then mean? Anyone can apply for it? If you are unemployed and you're not on the database that you are employed, which means you're not earning an income, then I think you're el eligible for this grant. For instance, yeah. I will use my I will just make an example of myself. I'm unemployed. I used to be a beneficiary of the three forty grant up until last year. I do not work. I'm a volunteer for pay the grants. We don't get statements because we knew and we don't have funding. So we're just working on little resources that we have. But every month we will perform tasks like go to retailers, attend workshops, and then also we get 300 rand a month for data so that we can assist beneficiaries. And because I'm deputy president, I like attend all these things. But now I get declined every month for the 350 due to means income source. But it's not my money. It's not the income. It's not my salary. So how must I survive? Yeah, yeah. Very valid point. Uh, this is being done through uh, the Socioeconomic uh, Rights Institute. Um, in terms of jurisdiction, there will be some questions that the court asks about making a permanent decision about a temporary relief fund, uh, because like I said when I started, that it's not an indefinite 350 grant fund. It it continues has it has continuous deadlines and is based on the political climate uh, extended each time. How do you guys respond to that particular question? Uh, Oliver, the only reason why the grant they keep on extending the grant is because we are busy on the round table discussing the universal basic income grant, which will actually replace yeah. the SRD grant. Yes. So the SRD grant is temporary, but still, it still needs to be that people survive on it because the unemployment rate in South Africa is too high. 
it's very, very high. And people need to survive and not starve. And right now, beneficiaries are starving. Mm, mm. Talk to us about, now that we're on it, the pathway from SRD to Universal Basic Income Grant. Uh, a lot of uh, pr- proposals are being made as to how it should be funded, what the models are, how much it should be. Uh, pay the grants obviously has a view on that matter alongside uh, the Institute of Economic Justice. Uh, you are being, you are quite close to the conversation. Uh, take us to the detail of that. Okay, so we are demanding a base, universal basic income grant with no means test of at least 1,500 per person, which we think will help the economy and it will also solve the starvation problem. And it will also help job seekers go look for work and it will also make sure that no one starves or go without food one day in their life. Yeah. So I do think 1,500, the government is capable of paying that. Because if you look at it very nicely, Oliver, when you are over 40 years old and you're unemployed and you do go search for a job, even though you have the qualifications, you are always reminded that you're not youth, that you are older than 35 years old. So what happens to beneficiaries that's between the ages of 40 years and 59? Because you can only get an, your next government grant when you're 60 years old. So how are you supposed to survive in those years? Mm. Yeah. And so in part, what, what then are your, your, your contributions, your submissions to, uh, to that conversation? Is it that uh, the basic income grant should uh, have an age range to it? That's to say if you're between certain ages, that you should automatically qualify for it if you're unemployed uh, because you're not a beneficiary of other youth, youth incentives uh, pertaining to employment. Uh, what is the real submission pertaining to that disparity? What we are calling for is a universal basic income grant, which means everyone can qualify, even though you can be employed, but if you earn less than a certain amount, then you must be eligible for the universal basic income grant. This is what we're going for. Yeah, yeah. And you are listening to SAFM Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Really do appreciate it. I'm in conversation with Elizabeth Reiters, the Deputy Chairperson of Pay the Grants. They're taking to court the Department of Social Development uh, litigating against the exclusion of certain people from receiving grants uh, due to the applications of the means test that comes with certain limitations um, and exclusionary uh, prerequisites. Uh, I'd love to hear your your experience with it. 086-000-2032. Let's have a listen at this WhatsApp voice note. It's good if you're talking like that at SFM because of your work. For me... I received a social grant, it was 2009, August. After that, they said I can't receive it. When I go there to the Ian Rustenberg, they even put a, a, a note in the gate. They said, don't ask us about that grant. I don't know why this South African, why this ANC doing like this. In the Sasa grant, in the gate, they put, they said, don't ask us about the grant. Where I'm going to ask it? That is why I believe in the EFF. It's my Buna Buna in Rustenberg. I'd like to comment on the topic on SASA grant payments. Um, we've got situations whereby maybe a family member will send through money 
for your mother to pay maybe like uh, whatever insurance that it goes through your account. So that's recorded as an, an amount that comes directly to you. So I don't understand how they can disqualify you while they're not even sure where the money is going. Because I've had instances where I had I had money sent by my sisters to pay for insurances for my mother so they had no other means of sending it but to my account. So that does not necessarily say that I've got other means of an income. Yeah. Uh, is there at all, uh, and certainly no doubt, uh, Elizabeth, this will be raised by the Department of Social Development, but is there at all a way for the system to be abused should any sort of limitations fall away? Uh, Oliver, definitely there is. With all grants, there is. Even with a CHG grant, there is also abuse where you just can walk into a police station and make an affidavit and say, like, stating that you're not employed. And Sasa take your word on that affidavit, based on that affidavit. Yeah. So the, it's happening in the other grants as well. So this is not the only grant that people happen to. But uh, I do think... When there is the database for Labor Department, they can exactly see who is employed because you have to be a contributor to UIF. And in that way, they will find out that you're employed. But then again, Labor Department's database is out, it's outdated. So beneficiaries that has also worked maybe five years ago, seven years ago, they're still on there saying UIF registered. The same happens if you were a government employer, yeah. like in the years ago. You still have your parcel number, so they don't remove it from the system. So even though you're not working for government at the moment, you get declined to say government income source, yet you worked for the government years ago, but the government is keeping you on their system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then if they then raise the question of uh, abuse of the system... It might be insufficient, uh, Elizabeth, to merely just say, well, all grants are susceptible to abuse uh, of the system. Uh, a more substantive response would be how you think they could safeguard and mitigate against that abuse. Are there models that you can point to that could assist in doing that? Uh, that our legal team can answer. I would not be able to answer that because they're more into depth with those things. Yeah. Yeah. And just finally, uh, on, on, on this particular uh, piece of litigation, have you received uh, a response yet, re- responding affidavits from uh, the Department of Social, Social Development? Has the court registrar given you a court date for appearance just yet? Uh, is it an urgent application? That is to say, how long do you expect this to take uh, before it reaches conclusion? It might take months, it might take years if it's not an urgent application. We have filed for urgent application, but we've not received the court date yet. We know that uh, the summonses were served to the respondents. Uh, we've not had anything back from uh, DSD, the minister, or SASA. In actual fact, it has actually also just made things worse now because uh, SASA does not respond to us anymore when we're asking questions about beneficiaries because we are on the ground, as you know. So we assist beneficiaries, especially the yeah. ones that doesn't have smartphones and no access to internet. Like at the moment, there's so many uh, beneficiaries that has approved months but no pay dates. Yeah. Yet the bank details have been verified. 
and for months on end they're waiting on this money and they're just not getting dates. And we can't do queries anymore because Sasa is not, unfortunately, not responding to us, which I would feel is very unfair because that doesn't relate to the court case. Yeah. I think it should only be about the issues that's re- like related to the court case that they shouldn't answer us on. But uh, there's so many issues in the SRB grant, you would never believe it. We have the referred issue that's been going on since 2020, where people stay on referred and never receive the biometric link. Then we have the thing that it's only an online system that you can't walk into a SASA office and apply. So if you don't have a phone, you don't have a smartphone, you don't have data, you can't apply. And now there's also a recent one that you have to have a SIM card record in your in your name. Yeah. If it's not registered in your name, your grant doesn't get approved, which is totally unfair because this grant is already for the poor. So the poor can't afford smartphones. Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Monday to Thursdays, 10 p.m.